What would you do if you caught a man masturbating? <laughs> what would you do if you caught a man masturbating right outside your door? It's a true story. That's not a hypothetical question. And then we take a look at a really kind of a... a it's, it's really kind of hard to even put into words. What happens to ghosts when the people they love the most die? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garbiner. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm actually super stressed out. The weather, it's like 29 degrees here. Longtime listeners know how much I hate the snow. I hate the ice. I hate all of it. I kind of hate humanity for even settling in places like this. It's awful. And I'm stressed out about having to walk anywhere, literally anywhere. Ah. So hopefully by recording this podcast in this really warm closet, it will give me happy thoughts. Actually, based on the subject matter of this episode, there's not much happiness about it. But someone who always makes me happy coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now is one of our newest Patreon supporters. Everyone give it up for Jack, 1789999. Everyone give Jack a big round of applause. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command. Jack, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show that really, really helps the show. It it makes or breaks the show, right? We got to have listeners to keep going. Jack, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. Go ahead and catch them in your hand. Let's leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're headed all the way out to San Antonio, Texas. We've actually covered a lot of Texas stuff this week. I I mentioned on Monday's episode, over the break, I found a bunch of really cool ghost stories from Texas. This this isn't one of them. This is just some sicko pervert. But Jack, go ahead and lower this Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're flying over this small neighborhood in San Antonio. It's September 26, 2021, so fairly recent story. And me, Jack, and you are walking down the street, and we see this car driving by. Inside the car is Xavier Downs. He's a 29-year-old man, and he works for a company called Heb. I'm sure they love how much press they've gotten from this story. It's like an Uber Eats type of thing. They, You order groceries, and then they go pick them up and deliver them. It's beautiful. I just order tons of stuff from Amazon and Walmart and all those places nowadays. I don't even have to go into stores anymore. And I do love that side of technology. Um, but Xavier Downs, people like Xavier Downs is the downside of that. Did it? Xavier Downs gets out of his car, we're we're watching from the bushes, we're the perverts in this story, we're watching from the bushes, and we see Xavier Downs bring the groceries out of the car, and he sets them outside the door of where they're supposed to be delivered. Good job, Xavier. He walks back to his car, and the person who ordered the groceries is in the house. They come out of the house, pick up the groceries, go inside. This is a textbook delivery, right? This is exactly how you want it to go. But... Then, then it gets featured on Dead Rabbit Radio because of this. So the owner of the house, we don't have their name. We'll call them, we'll call her Nancy. Um, Nancy has a ring doorbell camera, which are pretty common these days. I don't understand anything about this story, why this guy would do this. Everyone knows everyone has a camera. Xavier Down, this is all caught on camera, by the way. It wasn't included in the article. The police have a copy of this video. They're not letting this around the internet. 
Xavier Downs, after Nancy picks up her groceries and goes inside, he gets back out of his car. He walks back up to her house. And he begins masturbating. I guess that's probably why I paused so long. I gave it away in the beginning. He's standing outside this house, furiously masturbating. And he does it for a while until the dog... He does it for a while until he hears... There's a dog in the house that... I don't know if he's. I don't know if the dog's watching the doorbell camera, or the dog's looking through the people, or the dog can just smell perverts. But the dog realizes. Actually, I don't know if the dog realized the guy was masturbating. I think the dog probably just realized there was a stranger on the porch. But anyways, the dog starts barking, and he puts it back in his pants, and he runs away. Or he might have slowly walked. It doesn't say. It doesn't say he sprinted to his car. He should have. He walks away to his car. Stops smelling the flowers. He's playing a game of hopscotch with some kids. And the owner of the house is sitting in there. Uh, what was her name again? Nancy is sitting there and she hears her dog barking and she sees that there's a ring doorbell alert saying that. And I think that's how she knew the groceries were there right away in the first place. She gets a ring doorbell alert showing that there's motion outside. So she goes to check to see, oh, that's weird. My dog's barking, ring doorbell alert. Who's, who's out there? And when she. Cues up the video, she sees Xavier, she doesn't know his name, she knows it now, but Xavier walk back up to the door and whip it out and start masturbating. So obviously, she calls the cops. And the cops show up, and they're able to track this guy down, because I'm sure the receipt had his name on it. Uh, Your driver was Xavier or whatever. The cops go, and they get this guy, and they arrest him. When they arrested this dude, there actually was a guy, a detective, investigating a previous case of this, it turns out back in February of 2021, there's video footage of a guy dropping off some deliveries from like Uber Eats this time. It was a different company. And then masturbating on camera. But apparently it's like, I don't know who, I don't know who owned this house, the Munchkins. The doorbell camera was too low, I guess, to pick up the guy's head. So it was the perfect camera view if you were a pervert, right? But they caught this guy. Maybe they saw his head. Maybe he was just all blurry. Maybe he was just like a mist. He was blurry like Bigfoot as he's masturbating. The point is, is back in February, they had this dude masturbating after dropping off groceries. And the police were like, what is, what in the world is going on? And then fast forward all the way to September, they got him. They got Xavier Downs. I think once they were able to match... Like, they, they, at first they're just looking at a blur, but now that they look at Xavier Downs, they go, oh, that's an Xavier Downs-shaped blur. They're like, enhance, enhance. And may, I don't know, maybe he left DNA at the scene. I don't know. <laughs> they're like, oh, the person comes out to get their groceries. They're like, oh, that's so awesome. Look at my groceries are here. Hmm, where'd this cinnamon roll frosting come from? So <laughs> they were very optimistic. They ordered a bunch of cinnamon rolls. They're like, oh, one of us have rolled around. They caught him. This guy, he was masturbating in February 2021 after dropping off some groceries. He was masturbating in September 2021. I can guarantee it. Guarantee it. I guess I shouldn't say that. <laughs> For legal reasons, allegedly, I make an alleged guarantee. This isn't the only two times he did that. Think about how many times you... Uh, fantasize about being with somebody, right? You're like, ooh, Spider-Man or Britney Spears or whoever it is. Like, they're sexy, right? And you think about them? It's, it's not just twice a year, right? 
I bet you he did this other times, but there weren't ring cameras around. They're not as you as ubiquitous as I say they are, but they are everywhere. They're enough to keep me from bashing cars up with baseball bats nowadays. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. This can't have been the only two times. He won't fess up to any, I would assume. There'd be no reason for him to. But I'm sure he's been masturbating all over groceries in San Antonio. And if that doesn't make you think you're in San Antonio right now, you're like, oh, I ordered all those cinnamon rolls all the time. And I thought they tasted weird. He probably did it multiple times. And if that's not unnerving enough, he's he's free. He's re- He was released on bond. They said, hey, you got to pay some money, and then you're free to go until the trial. And he's like, well, I have to have a job. I have to have a job to pay my bail. I must deliver groceries. And he's out. He is out. He's walking the streets of San Antonio right now with a bag of groceries in one hand. And you don't want to know what's in his other hand. Looking for another patio to go towards. No, I don't think he's a werewolf. I don't know if he has some sort of compulsion. Every full moon, he has to masturbate on your groceries. But th- listen, there are certain people you do not want walking the streets, right? And sometimes the problem is, is that we wait until they do something super violent, until they plow through a crowd full of... Uh, that, remember that Christmas parade thing? Wasn't that awful? That guy who's like on bail for running over his girlfriend ran over a bunch of people in a parade. What in the world? Like, there's certain people... Okay, I'm not not saying this guy is is the same level as that one, but there are certain people that you don't want walking the streets. And a guy who's masturbating in public, that's so weird. They just released him on bond. They're like, you'll be good, won't you? And he has his fingers. He has his fingers crossed behind his back. And you don't want to know what his other fingers are doing. This is crazy. Because you know... He's just going to masturbate in public. He's done it twice. He's probably done it more times than that. I mean, I'm not, I don't know what the thing is. You, you lock him up forever. I, I here, let's split the middle. You let him walk free, but he's in handcuffs. His hand, he's handcuffing on his back. So ex- I'm not a legal expert. I do not want people masturbating. Not when they're delivering my groceries. Uh-uh. So San Antonio, that's weird. Um, Xavier Downs. Uh, I also let. Uh, I will retroactively say all that stuff is alleged. He has not been convicted of any of it yet. But yeah, just so weird, right? Such a weird thing, and it, it's so unnerving. And, and what I think is creepy. It's all creepy, but he probably. I don't think he did this for every delivery <laughs> because he would be so tired. He's like, oh no, eight deliveries today. Ah, oh, my max is five times in a day. I don't have that much stamina. I don't think he did it every time, but I bet you he waited to see who came out. So if it was a woman he found attractive. Then he went back up and masturbated in front of the door. And if the dog hadn't barked, he probably would have ejaculated all over the ground. So if you ever, if you ever come out, if you're in San Antonio and you've ordered groceries and you're like, hmm, that's weird. There's a lot of snail trails all over my uh, front porch and I, there's no snails here. I've never seen a snail here. Ah, whatever. Uh, that could be something else is what I'm saying. Gross, dude. I really have no other comment than that. And that's so weird that they just let him go on bond. You should stop this stuff before it escalates, before he's like walking up to people in public. Have you ever seen they have those they have a whole subgenre of porn where it's dudes masturbating on women in public. And it's video clips of dudes walking up to like women shopping at Walmart and he he ejaculates all over her and she doesn't know. And then he runs away. Yeah, they actually don't run away. They like they just walk away. 
It's bizarre. It's a criminal act. It's like watching someone shoot another dude in the face. You know how every so often the New York Post will have a video of some, like, mafia don getting his brains blown out? It's like that. But, but, but oddly enough, grosser. For whatever reason, it's more disturbing. A girl going up an escalator and then a guy, like, ejaculating on her butt. It's so weird. And that is a sub-genre of porn. It's cr- it's a crime. It's, it's, it's an absolute crime. And you don't want those people just walking around free because that's what they do. They masturbate on people. Uh, whatever. Anyways, this guy is, again, alleged. Right? Alleged. I might get a knock on my door later from some lawyers. <laughs> I get a knock on my door and I open the door and it's a bag of groceries. And I'm like, no, he found me. He found me. He's webbing me to the wall like Spider-Man. I'm going to take my time with you. No. Jack, one seven eight nine 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 nine. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the carpenter copter. We're going to get out of this sticky situation. We're going to head all the way out to... This also takes place in Texas. It's a short journey. We're headed to Fort Davis, Texas. Xavier Downs is like, that's where my next delivery is. You mind if I get a ride? We're like, no. He's sticking to the bottom of the helicopter. Jack, keep flying us out here in Texas. We're headed to Fort Davis. And hit that time travel button. We're headed back to the year 1854. Now, I found this story in one of my favorite books. I talk about it all the time. Haunted Places, the National Directory. It's in the show notes. You can buy a copy. It's not an affiliate. I get no money if you buy it. I just highly recommend that. And I got additional reporting from a new website I mentioned, I think, yesterday. Stormy Night Tales, which is all urban legends. It's another great website. I always want to give a shout out to people who, who are doing good work in the field. The reason why we're at Fort Davis is this land is currently being run by a very prosperous rancher. And at his facility, you got like ducks and and cows walking around and probably like a couple cowboys and, and like dudes. And at this ranch, working here is a young, beautiful woman named Dolores Gavino de Porto. And Dolores, she is just a very sweet woman. And she's very, very hard worker. Everyone loves her at this ranch. And she falls in love with Jose, a sheep herder. And they're making eyes at each other. And putting he puts his hand on her knee. And she's like, ooh, I wonder if girls back then shaved their legs. I wonder if, like, in 1854, were razors even invented? I mean, they had swords, right? They had knives. But I wonder if back then, girls shaved their legs. You Like, when we watch, like, cowboy movies, which aren't real, obviously. It's modern-day actors, but the girls have smooth legs. But I wonder if that's just tied into what we expect. What was that movie? Jodie Foster played, like, some prostitute in Maverick with Mel Gibson. Like, I don't think she was rocking Chewbacca legs. Jose and Dolores are madly in love. The issue was is that he was a sheep herder. So his job took him away from Dolores for long amounts of time. So they started this tradition. Every Thursday night, she would walk up this nearby mountain and she would set a little signal fire. And across the blackness of the night sky, Jose would see this signal fire. And then him in the valley where he's with his sheep, he would set a little signal fire. And it was a way for them to kind of be with each other. This was before Messenger. This was before razors were invented. You weren't able, I can't, you know, I can instantly pick up my phone now and talk to anyone in the world. But back then you had to burn, you had to burn branches to do the same thing. And there was no emojis. 
It was just fire. This went on for a while, and he would come back, and they would be sweetly in love with each other. And then he'd go back out and be herding the sheep, and she'd go up on Thursday nights to set the fire. And then one night, Dolores walks up the mountain, and she starts her little signal fire, and she looks out into the valley, and there's nothing. She continues to stoke the fire, but she sees no signal that Jose is down there. And she stays there all night, desperately keeping the fire going, hoping, hoping that she just sees a glimmer of flames in the valley below. Dolores stayed out there until the sun began to rise. And still, no sign of Jose. She ran back to the ranch, and she begged her boss to go send a rescue party. Or not even a rescue party, just a search party, or just a scout! She wants to know what happened to Jose, and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll take care of that. So he does send out some people. Because obviously it's his sheep, too. He probably liked Jose. He probably wasn't like, hey, guys, find out what happened to my sheep. And then if you have time, see if any, everything's okay with Jose. I'm sure he was fine with Jose, too. He sends some people out, and Jose is not there with the sheep. They're just bah, walking around by themselves. So now they really know something's wrong, because Jose is a trusted employee. And this search party continues to search the area. Two days later, they find his mutilated body. What they believe is that the Apaches, who were native to the area, and still in the area, and they did not take kindly to anyone else in their territory, that's generally what people do when other nations invade them, they must have seen Jose signal fire one night. And they captured him, tortured him, and killed him. Dolores becomes absolutely heartbroken by this, and pretty much they say she loses all joy like, you just can't keep her excited about anything. And all she does is do her job and be sad. Which is not a really good employee. You should at least be kind of happy at your work. But she's super sad. She's doing her job. And everyone feels really bad because she was such a sweet girl and they knew how much she loved Jose. But what are you going to do? You can't really console somebody like that. And then several months after Jose was murdered, Dolores walked up that mountain on a Thursday night set a fire, and stayed up there through the night, stoking this fire. The last time she was happy was stoking this fire. Maybe this would give her something. She began doing that every Thursday. She still continued to do her job, and she still was super depressing to be around. But every Thursday, she'd light that fire, stoke it all night long. She did that for 40 years. Her long, luxurious black hair turned gray. Her body became weak. But still, she walked up that same path she had worn into the mountain to light that fire. She eventually passed away. She never found another love. She never got over this. She passed away, and they buried her on the trail, headed up to that mountaintop and they actually named the mountain the mountain today is known as Dolores Mountain some people say when you go up to that mountain on a lonely night you'll see her apparition the ghost of this young woman now once again having long black hair staring off towards the valley 
waiting for Jose to come home. Some even say, if you're in the valley, or really hanging out anywhere in Fort Davis, and you look up at Dolores Mountain on a moonless Thursday night, you'll see a signal fire up there. And people have gone up there afterwards, the next morning, and they'll find smoldering pieces of timber. Classic ghost story, right? Beautifully crafted classic ghost story. We see stuff like this all the time in the lore, whether it's a lover's leap, man and a woman jumping off the cliff and then their ghosts are still there, or anything like that, right? We, uh, The wife says goodbye to her husband, who's the sea captain. This is very common on the East Coast. You have a lot of reports of ghosts of women staring, like appearing on the shoreline or appearing at a lighthouse, staring off into the distance because they used to always come out to the shoreline and wait for their lover to come home. Very, very classic, very classic American ghost story. What's interesting about this one is that we know some of it's true. There actually is some historical precedent to this. There actually is some historical connection to this. One, it is called Dolores Mountain. We know that to be a fact, but... Sometimes urban legends, it could be called Dolores Mountain and someone makes up a story as to why it's called that. But apparently, in the region, there was a woman in that time period named Dolores Gavino de Porto. This is all we really know about her. Dolores Gavino de Porto was a woman who died in 1893 and she was nuts. The locals considered her a wackadoodle. Why did they think she was weird? This is so interesting. They thought she was weird because it was this old woman in town named Dolores Gavino de Porto who, every so often, there was no real schedule to this, but every so often, she would walk up the mountain and start a fire. And so this mountain was unnamed. It's not like Mount Everest or anything like that. It's not huge. She didn't have, like, crampons and ice axes and stuff, but... An interesting historical piece to it, right? Like, at least we have someone in the area by that name who lit fires. Was any of the previous stuff true? Who knows? What's I mean, think about it. In this time period, we're talking about 1854 is when it takes place, when it starts off. She dies in 1893. That does actually make it like that 40-year time gap. It, just fascinating on that level. But I started to think about she's setting the fire, both alive and now as a ghost, to signal someone who's simply not there. But it's her grief, right? Her grief is continuing this act. And that again, that's pretty typical in the ghost lore. But let's go ahead and shift gears. And this is really, it, it's so fascinating to me. I stumbled across this kind of around the same time. We're going to meet a, a woman who goes by the name C. Miller, 2006. They recently posted this story and it really got my brain working on this one. How do ghosts talk to us and what the ramification is when things change? So we have Dolores setting the fire alive, trying to talk to Jose, trying to signal Jose, even though he's long gone. And now they're both gone, but the signal fire is being set. Now we, we're, you know, what, 100 years, about 150 years out, and we're still seeing the signal fire. Uh, C. Miller, we're going to call her Carol. That's just a guess. But Carol had an unfortunate tragedy. On August 4th, 2021, her son died in a car accident. He was driving home, I believe, and got killed. She begins to get text messages from his disconnected phone. One day they were painting his room after he passed away. And she gets a text that says, my room. 
Another time she was telling someone she wanted to get a tattoo of his signature. And she was trying to find a good copy of his signature that would be, you know, good for this tattoo. And she gets a text from her son's phone saying, signed. Now you go, Jason, this is absolutely ridiculous, right? Like, there's so many other things that can go on here. This can be easily faked. Uh, she could be making it up. What's interesting is she is providing photographs of this. She is showing photographs of the text. But, however, it could be uh, faked still, right? You could have just someone texting. And, and people do fake, fake this type of stuff. But let's assume that it's real, because this is a paranormal podcast. She's getting text messages from her son. And then another time, this was the one that got my attention. On January 6, 2022, she was driving down the road and she gets a text from her son who died in a car accident. She gets a text from her son that says, almost home. That's creepy. Like, I get it, man. It would suck to lose someone close to you. But if they're texting me spooky stuff like that, almost home. And there's a photo of this. She gets the text through her like display of her car. And then she says the next song on the radio, she switched over to Sirius XM station. And the song that popped up was I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy with Faith Evans. It's again, it's a, it, this isn't a classical ghost story, but we do see this happening more and more often. This episode might go a little bit long because this is actually going to be kind of the meat of the of the story. I really like that Dolores story, but I want to get through this. Not a classic ghost story, but we do see people, ghosts, using electronic methods to talk to people. People passing away and then loved ones, phones ringing, like right when they died, and they pick it up. It's a call from Joey or whatever. They pick it up and no one's on the line. The, the, we're starting to see those stories pop up. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not super common, though. But we have these text messages coming from, I think the guy's name was Michael. I'm not for sure, but I forgot to write that down. But she's getting text messages from her son. And she's, and she's showing us this. And I, I, two questions popped up in my head. The first one is the rate. I don't really know how serious XM works. I'm pretty sure it's just like a regular radio station, but there's just like 500 stations and there's no ads and it's just constant music. It's not like Pandora, right? Where you can stop music and rewind it and things like that or Spotify. I I could be wrong on this, but I think Sirius just plays music like regular radio. If that is correct, my question is, did everyone who was driving down the road or sitting at home or working, listening to Sirius XM at that time, this particular station, did they all hear that Puff Daddy song? Like, obviously, just a coincidence. It could be just a coincidence. But my question is, is we these stories we do hear. My daughter died and I was sad. And then one day I was driving down the road and I was thinking about my daughter and that song came on that she always loved. TikTok by Kesha, whatever it was. Is it a coincidence or is the ghost actually getting that song to play? And then my question would be, so does everyone hear that song? Throughout wherever Sirius XM, it's satellite, right? It's like global. At that point in time, did that ghost influence that song to come on and it played throughout the entire planet? That's nuts if that's true. If we, again, the most likely thing is it's a coincidence, but... If the ghost is saying, Mom, I'm still here and I'll, I'll be missing you and you'll be missing me. 
like did he influence <laughs> did he influence the global pop charts because if that if that's true then i mean that almost deserves its own episode right are the top 100 the billboard top 100 controlled by ghosts maybe if you want to be a hit musician just make songs just make songs about people dying and missing each other and and the ghosts will be like oh that's the best song and they'll be fighting over who gets to play that I'm not trying to make light of the subject, but I just find that interesting. If it is paranormal, is everyone hearing that song, did that ghost interfere or just move the song ahead or whatever so his mom could hear that, but also everyone else was hearing that song at the same time? That that, that would be a very, very powerful ghost. My other thing is this, and this is why I included the Dolores story in this. The Dolores story is all about sending these messages back and forth from Jose to Dolores, and then even in death. You know what's interesting? I, I just thought of this. It's interesting Jose's spirit wasn't constantly stoking the fire, either. Like, he died tragically. His By the lore, his ghost would be out there, but it was her... It wasn't just the violent death. It was those other 40 years of going about the ritual of setting the fire, but... The messaging, right? And now she continues, even in death, to set that fire, hoping Jose will respond. What happens when the people, specifically going back to this story with Carol and her son, what happens when the people that this ghost is talking to, again, I think his name is Michael, what happens when Carol passes on? Here's what I mean. He's using these electronic means to communicate with her. When she passes on, does the ghost no longer have anyone to talk to? Is is the ghost now content because you're in the afterlife with them? The problem with that is that Dolores' signal has lasted long past both Jose and Dolores' natural life. The signal fire is still seen today, even though the person who it was intended for is no longer around. If Michael's sending these messages to his mother... What happens when she passes on? Are the messages still floating through the void? What happens when her phone number is assigned to somebody else? Will they wake up at two in the morning one night and they see a text from Michael saying, Almost home? I'm nearby. I love you. Be like, what? Why am I getting why do I keep getting these text messages? Who's Michael? block it is very very rare this is possible but when you look at ghost lore it's very rare when a ghost shows up to a location and is only there until a particular person is there and when they leave the ghost disappears generally that's a sign of a hoax honestly when we look at the amityville house the house was not haunted and then a couple people moved in and it was super haunted and they got book deals and movie deals and they left. There's never been a ghost since. That's that's a lot of sign of a um, hoax. But and every so often we do see stories about someone haunting a house and, and they're basically tormenting someone there and then when the person dies, the ghost goes away. But for the most part, you'll have a ghost walk around the location and it will haunt the location family after family after family. And sometimes they'll demolish the house and the ghost will still be sighted in the ruins. And it takes a lot of energy to be moving around the house. This is just speaking. This is just sending texts. So what happens... Like, right now he's communicating with his mom. But what happens when the mom passes away, which hopefully doesn't happen for a long time, 
or the mom gets a new phone, or they move to 6G, or there's some sort of glitch at the company, and she's automatically assigned the new number, and all this stuff. Would the ghost move to the new number, or would it continue to haunt the old number, just like Dolores lighting that fire on the mountaintop? I mean, if you demolished the mountain, would the fire be seen, you know, 300 feet in the sky? it's weird. This is one of those episodes where I just have a lot of questions about it. And I, here, here, and I I don't want to just keep asking questions. Here's my theory. My theory is this. He's putting out so much energy to be able to communicate with his mom, to let him know that everything's okay. And that energy will echo. That energy will echo through time. And when she finally does pass away, it will continue to echo. His his messages will continue to float around this digital realm. That's what I believe. I believe that when ghosts use the digital world to talk to people, it's not going to go away anytime soon. It's still out there. These ghostly voices are still out there, and they're being aided by technology. It's no longer throwing branches on a fire. We've made it so easy to communicate with each other, and this ghostly world can tap into that. But when the person they're talking to is no longer there, I believe the messages still are. The voices still are. The ghosts still are. I think the idea of a haunted house is going to become old-fashioned. I've been talking about this a lot on the show. I think we're going to see a rise in haunted websites and maybe even haunted phones, haunted phone numbers. There's actually been... that. That's actually not even controversial. There's been a, a lot of talk about haunted phone numbers in the past. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but there was one phone number that was supposed to be connected to like six or seven deaths. I'll try to put it in the show notes, but... We're, I think we'll, we'll get to a point where the fire on the mountaintop is just a quaint old ghost story. We're going to see more stuff coming about where someone gets a brand new phone number and it's haunted. They keep getting text messages from weirdos. And I'm not talking about spam. I'm talking about text messages from someone they don't know saying, hello, I'm scared. What? What does that even mean? And you could block the number, but there's really no number to block. It's coming from somewhere else. It's dark and cold here. You may put up with it for a while. You may, may be like, I don't want this, and you can change your number again. And that number may not be in use for a while, but those messages are still floating around. I'm lonely here. Until someone else gets that same number, and it becomes haunted again. Really, if you look at ghosts as a phenomenon, there's no reason why that wouldn't be a thing. Haunted phone numbers. And we've made it so easy to communicate with each other. Who's to say that stops at death? We covered that guy recently who was trying to build the soul phone. Put that in the show notes. That's kind of complicated to go into at the end of an episode. But yeah, it's just using technology to talk to the dead. That's actually been something people have been trying to do. People have been trying to talk to the dead since we realized death was, was a thing. And with technology, people believe... That we get closer and closer each day. Maybe we do. But until we prove the fact that we can talk to the dead. We rely on the dead to talk to us. And I'm sure it is incredibly comforting. To this mother. 
to be getting these text messages from her son. And I think it would be comforting for anyone who lost someone to be getting messages. I'm not messages like I'm cold, I'm alone. I was doing that to be spooky. But getting these good text messages, you know, I think that's very comforting. But I'm thinking down the line, like, where do these voices go? Who do the dead talk to when the people they love the most have joined them in the afterlife? Is that it? Is the haunting over? Or do the voices remain? So the next time you hear the phone ring and you look at it and it says unknown number, or you get a text from someone, you don't really recognize their name, maybe don't answer it. Maybe go, it's from 911. They're like, your house is on fire. You're like, ah, I don't recognize that number. I don't know anyone at 911. Be careful when you pick up that phone. Because who knows who's on the other end? Best case scenario, it's a bill collector or a spam call. But the worst case scenario, it could be a voice from beyond the grave. Telling you they're almost home. Followed by a dial tone. It may be a comforting thought for a mother. But for you, you have to wonder, whose home are they coming to? It's Xavier Downs. It's Xavier Downs' ghost. He's like, I have some groceries for you. DeadRabbitRadio at Gmail. He's all flown through the wall. You're like, ah, ah. Everything's so sticky. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.